This is uh, 1 John 1, 5 through 7 in the NIV. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, guys. I'm Noah Martin. I'm uh, going to tell you guys some of what CIY has done for me, how CIY has affected me, and how, and I'm going to encourage you guys to give out donations for the CIY students. The last, I have gone to um, CIY for two years, and the first year, it was, it was fun and all. It didn't really affect me. I thought I was all good spiritually, but then this last year, I, throughout the week, I had thought about how I had been doing the year before and realized that I was not where I should have been. I was not making very good jokes. I was cursing. I just wasn't doing very good. And then throughout the week, I was seeing all these different kids um, confessing and saying what they've done wrong and even saw my own brother do that. And I thought, wow, maybe I should think about my life because the people I thought were all good there they weren't and so maybe I'm not so I thought about it and I realized that I was not where I needed to be and so after last year it affected me so much that I am a lot doing a lot better this year still not where I should be but I'm doing better and I just want to encourage anyone who's not signed up for CIY or any or any people who are thinking about donating it's a good trip for the kids, and it will help them out a lot if you donate or if they sign up. And that's pretty much all I have. All right. Thank you, Noah. Hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right. Spring break. Everybody have a good spring break. Okay, this was kind of the similar tone as, as last service. Everyone was like, eh, you know, so that's all right. You know, as we get older, spring break becomes less of a break, right? So, uh, hey, uh, yeah, if you're new here, if you're a guest or you haven't been going for very long, my name's Ian Johnson. I'm the youth minister here at Community Christian. I am very excited to talk to you today. I can't believe they let me on stage. Uh, but I am, I'm excited because contrast is a great theme. So uh, as Dusty said, contrast uh, was the theme of CIY's MOVE conference last summer. If you don't know what MOVE is, MOVE is a high school conference that is a week long, and it's for high school students. We take them in the summer. And uh, they, CIY, their mission is they want to amplify the call of Christ on the lives of teenagers and call them to be kingdom workers. And kingdom worker is just a, a fancy way of saying anybody who serves God wherever they're at, however they can. Uh, it's a really impactful week. Uh, and obviously, you know, you heard from Noah, and I appreciate his transparency. Uh, it had a big, a big impact on him, and it has a big impact on a lot of students that we bring. Uh, it really is a worthy investment. Uh, so I want to echo Dusty, and I want to echo Noah, and I want to echo Eli, who, by the way, cleaned up a lot better than we all thought he could, couldn't he? Uh, please join us on April 7th. Uh, the meal's just over in the gym. Uh, we would love for you to come join us, and we'd love for you to bring friends and family and neighbors. Uh, you, you are invited to our meal, so please join us 
uh, for that. I get to talk to you today about light and darkness. And those are two very contrasting things. It would be hard to find more opposite things, right? I mean, uh, we all know that you know, light is good and darkness is bad, right? Even, even if you're not like a Christian or you're not religious, we, we tend to associate uh, light with good things and darkness with bad things. Like if you're a Star Wars fan, you, know, you don't want to join the dark side, right? We even have phrases, like a, a phrase that we have, uh, night and day. So for example, I might say, you know, well, I started going to bed earlier and now my energy levels are so much better. It's like night and day, right? It's, it's a way that we use to convey contrast, you know, night and day, light and dark. These are very different things that are at odds with each other. And I would argue this, that what I know about light helps me to know God. So let's think about that for a minute. Well, what do we know about light? Well, we know that light is very fast. In fact, uh, last service, J.C. Cousins, who is a science, she's a certified science person, okay? She actually told me, I didn't know this, so a fun fact for you guys, it travels 186,000 miles per second, okay? And in one second, it can travel around the world seven and a half times. Last service, I said, I said seven, and J.C. said, no, it's actually seven and a half. So I actually... I actually like undersold that, okay? So light is very fast, okay? Another interesting thing, light doesn't need to travel on anything. So, so wind and waves, okay? They travel on particles. Light doesn't have to do that, okay? Whereas winds and waves, they can't really travel in a vacuum. Light can. It doesn't need anything else, okay? Uh, another fascinating thing. So I feel like I'm a human Snapple right now. Like I just, you open the lid and there's a fun fact. I'm just throwing all, anybody, Okay. Man, I'm sorry, this is awesome, okay? Light is really, really interesting, okay? Uh, the people in this room with the best vision, okay? Maybe that's you, maybe not. It's definitely not me. You can only see about one-seventh of the light that is available. So here's where our text begins today. Like Luke read, it's in First John chapter 1, starting in verse 5, and it begins with this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light, God is light, okay? That's kind of like my first point. I know that's super profound, okay? But it's true that what we know about light helps us to know God more. God is light. God isn't like light. He's not similar to light. The Bible says God is light. And when I read this about God being light, I think about other parts of the Bible. You know, light is used metaphorically uh, all over Scripture. I mean, even in John's Gospel, he wastes no time. Chapter 1, he talks about Jesus being the light who came into the darkness, and the darkness couldn't comprehend it. And Jesus talks about, you know, the light of the world. Uh, Light is used as a metaphor many times in the Bible. But I wonder, when we read this spiritual metaphor, what if there are some physical realities to that metaphor? So Mark Moore talks about this about a decade ago. A bunch of smart guys at Stanford, they came together and they did something incredible. They actually managed to split the particles of light. And they made matter from it. Now, I I said in the first service, if you're a science person, okay, you can corner me after service and try to get more details. I don't know how to explain it, okay? I don't know science. I went to Bible college. I just know that's awesome, right? That's incredible. They, They split the particles of light and they made matter out of it. How do you even do that? Okay, now listen, the Christian religion coming out of Judaism, it's the only religion that believes that God made out of nothing. So in other words, God, God created without any pre-existing materials, right? Because he's God. I mean, he's all powerful. Okay, uh, the first thing God created, what was it? 
It was light. God says, he says, let there be light, and there was light. Now, we need to remember, this doesn't mean uh, God said, let there be light, and he created the sun, and from the sun we got our light, or, or let there be light, and the moon, or the stars came, and from them we got our light. No, God created light, and it was there before all those other things showed up. And so I wonder, what if God says, let there be light, but then God himself becomes the light, What I know about light helps me to know God. For instance, you might say that you can't see God, and and I can't. I mean, literally, I I can't see God. Okay, but we also can't see all of the light, right? Doesn't mean it's not there. It'd be silly to say otherwise. Okay, just because you can't see God doesn't mean that he's not there. Uh, Just because uh, we don't see him doesn't mean he doesn't want to be found by us. Okay, he sees us and he wants us to see him. When I think about light, I'm reminded of God's omnipotence, his omnipresence, his, his all-being, okay, uh, his, his power, okay? What I know about light is that it reveals, and I know God is a God who reveals. God is a God uh, who is there, and he shines on us, okay? What I know about light helps me to know about God. Uh, but here's, here's something uh, to, to continue this verse. In verse 5, that's only part of the verse that says God is light, but then it says this, in him... There is no darkness at all, okay? God is light, and in him there can be no darkness at all. This is interesting. Now, I want you to think of a time, I want you to think of a time when you were like in the darkest place you've ever been. Literally, not like, oh, I just got over a breakup, and like, no, like physically, like, like a cave or something, okay? Like a, like a room or something, someplace really, really dark. Uh, would you agree that sometimes it can be so dark that it's almost like suffocating, right? Like there's a claustrophobia that kind of sets in, right? Even though, even in our thickest darkness, the light, even if there's just a minimal light, it's going to be noticed, Right? Have you ever realized that, that even in the darkest places, just a little bit of light will be noticed? So my wife, when we go to sleep, it has to be like totally dark. Like we've got blackout curtains in our room and it's not enough for her, okay? Like if she sees a little light from an alarm clock, she's like, we got to get rid of that, okay? Like I can just fall asleep no matter what, but she needs total darkness. And you know what? If there's just a little bit of light, she's going to notice it. Isn't that true? Like, as dark as it can be, if we just have a little bit of light, it will be noticed. Uh, There's a story about uh, some Vietnam, uh, during the Vietnam War, some men, uh, some soldiers who were, they were flying combat choppers, okay, Uh, and they had this mission one night, and they were supposed to land their chopper somewhere in the middle of the Vietnamese jungle, okay, and it was totally dark, and they didn't have light, okay, and the problem was they had to land in like a very particular spot, Uh, otherwise there would be like significant damage to the chopper, like we're talking like a matter of like a few feet, okay, Uh, one guy who tells the story describes it, we were basically trying to land a helicopter on a postage stamp, okay? Uh, So it's pretty difficult, and that's hard to do if you don't have any light. So they're radioing uh, the guys on the ground. They're saying, hey, we don't have any light. We don't know where to land. Do you guys have anything? And they're all down there like, yeah, we we don't have anything until finally one guy says on the ground, he says, oh, actually, I do. And he reaches into his pocket, and he he pulls out a Zippo lighter, okay? And he just, he just, lights the lighter, just a little bit of flame, and by that little tiny flame from a Zippo lighter, they were able to safely land uh, the helicopter, okay? Just a little bit of light in the darkness made that difference, and, and that should be encouraging to us because, first of all, we are called to be in that light. First Thessalonians 5.5 5 says, you are a child of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness, And if we're really walking in Jesus' light, then what that means is the light of Jesus can be seen in a really dark world. Let's be honest, the world is pretty dark, 
Okay, we are, we are broken because of our sin, and it's a dark, dark world, but the light of Jesus will be noticed in that dark world. It also means this, that if the church belongs to him, then darkness and evil will not be able to overcome that, because darkness can't occupy the same space of light as light. That's my, my next point. Darkness cannot occupy that same space that light is currently occupying, okay? Think about being in that dark space that you were in, and when you turn on a light, even if it's just a little light, even if it's just a match, okay, um, uh, you know, there might be darkness surrounding you, but that little space where there's light, there can be no darkness, okay? Uh, if, if this whole room, if we turned all the lights off in this room, okay, uh, but I, I stand under this, this light right here, I'm in the light. I'm not in the darkness. There might be darkness around me. You know, it might be enveloping all around, but in this space right here where there is light, there can't be darkness. The two can't intermingle. Wherever light goes, darkness has to flee. It just has to be gone. You know, you can't really turn on darkness, right? Darkness is just the absence of light, so when the light comes, the darkness has to be gone. It can't occupy the same space. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. But then there's another point I want to talk about, and it's this, that seeing the light, that might not be the same thing as being in the light. Okay, because you and I, we can see light easy, right? It's easy to spot light in darkness. But just because we see the light, that doesn't mean that we're necessarily in the light. First John 1 John 1.6 says this, if we have fellowship with him, sorry, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And man, that is a terrifying thought. I mean, what if we think we are walking in the light, but we actually aren't? Is it, is it possible to deceive ourselves like that? Like, it sounds like a problem when John was writing about it. Like, is it possible to think that we're living for Jesus, but we're actually not? Like, we're not in the light. That's scary. Uh, when I graduated high school, uh, my family started going to a church in Owasso, Oklahoma, and after a few months, I started interning with their youth ministry, and they had this big youth space. It was this big uh, room, really open, uh, lots of space, and the youth would go worship in that room, and um, one day, I was up at the church, and I was in that room, and I was doing some project, okay, I don't, I don't even remember what, and the youth pastor was leaving, and I guess he didn't realize I was in there, uh, so he's on the other side of the room, and he walks out the door, and as he's walking out the door, he turns the lights off. And I'm like, I'm in darkness. And I'm like, oh, whoops, okay, all right. Uh, and, and listen, like I can see the light, like the door down at the other end of the room, it's got like a little window on it. So like I see light from the other side. Like I'm not in complete, total darkness. Uh, I can see the light, but I'm, I'm not in the light. So even though I can move towards the light and I know it's there, that didn't stop me from tripping over like every chair in that big room, okay? If there was anything to stub my toe on, I found it, okay? Being... Being in the light and seeing the light aren't necessarily the same thing. And I feel like this is me sometimes. You know, I feel like sometimes I, keep, I see Jesus at a distance and I think I know him. Or like I, I keep him at arm's length. But I call him, I call him my friend. I call him my savior. Uh, you know, I, I take my, my regular consistent church attendance as a sign that, man, my spiritual life is perfect. Everything's going great. I don't need any help. In reality, I might have some things that I'm keeping in the darkness, I might have some things in secret that I'm trying to hide. In fact, I would argue this, that we might not even want to be in the light all the time. You know, a lot of you, like me, me included, like when we were little, we were afraid of the dark, right? Where any of you guys, I was very afraid, okay? I was very afraid of the dark. Uh, but I think the older we get, we kind of start to like the darkness, right? I mean, not just for sleeping, you know, of course we need to sleep in the dark. But the darkness, uh, there's something comfortable about the darkness, you know, the darkness is actually kind of accommodating in a way. 
You know, in the darkness, nobody has to notice my secrets that I'm trying to cover up. In the darkness, I can't see anybody else. They can't see me. I'm comfortable, I'm safe, and I'm private. You know, we're afraid of the exposure that light brings. We don't want to step into the spotlight. We're afraid of being vulnerable, so we try to stay in the dark. I think it's, it's interesting, uh, in John chapter 3, there's a man named Nicodemus who comes to Jesus. And Nicodemus is a Pharisee. Um, and he comes to Jesus, and, and if you read John chapter 3, there's no mistaking that Nicodemus, he's clearly interested in who Jesus is, okay? He, you, can't, you can't miss that. I mean, he comes to Jesus and he says, teacher, we know you are somebody who has come from God because nobody could do the things you're doing if God wasn't with him. Uh, and Jesus starts talking about uh, being born again and, and being born in, in water and spirit. And Nicodemus keeps having these questions like, how can someone be born when they're old? What does that mean? What do you mean being born by the spirit? Uh, clearly, Nicodemus wants to know about Jesus. And yet it's interesting that he, he actually came to Jesus at night. It says, it says he came to Jesus at night. And I think part of the reason is because Nicodemus finds comfort in the darkness. You know, he wants to know about Jesus, but he doesn't really want to approach Jesus in the day in front of his peers, in front of the other Pharisees. He wants the safety of being able to observe Jesus and know about Jesus and, and what he believes, but also having the comfort of nighttime in the darkness. Uh, I would say this, not only is the light uncomfortable to us, but if we're used to the darkness it can actually be, the light can be painful. Shane Wood is a uh, professor at Ozark uh, Christian College, and he actually just wrote a book called Between Two Trees, so that's a free plug for him. That's great, man. He should be paying me. Uh, no, it's a really good book, but he has this great story in it. Uh, he, he tells a story about his sister, Tracy, okay? And Tracy uh, lives next to a woman who is a drug addict, and we're talking like hardcore. You, you name it, she's probably tried it, okay? Um, and this, this woman's kids, uh, many times, they will go over to Tracy's house uh, when their mom is using because they're scared and, you know, mom's acting strange and they don't really know what to do, so they know Tracy's a safe person, so they, they just go over to Tracy's house, and Tracy kind of takes care of them until things have calmed down. Uh, one day, uh, Tracy walked out her front door, and she looks over to the other, the other house next to hers, and her neighbor is just sprawled across her front porch. Uh, and she's probably, you know, coming down from a high or something like that. And Tracy goes over to her, and, and she says, hey, are, are you all right? And the woman says, I don't, I don't think I'm okay. I don't think I'm okay. Tracy says, well, what can I do for you? And the woman starts to, to weep, and she says, I don't think you can do anything for me. And so there's just a few moments of, of her just weeping, and it's quiet, and it's silent, and it's awkward. And then finally, she looks at Tracy, and she says, Tracy, what is it about you that is so different? Every other person I'm around, they're not the same as you. You are different in some way. What is it? And Tracy gets excited, and she smiles, and, and no hesitation on her part. She says, well, Jesus is what's different about me. That's the only thing that's different. I just have Jesus. Okay, that's what makes me different. And without warning, just out of nowhere, this woman just begins to bombard Tracy with curses. She's just spewing expletives. She's calling her name. She's saying, get off my property. I don't want you here anymore. Uh, and Tracy, she goes back to her house and she locks herself inside and, and she's, she's scared and she's hurt and she's confused. And in fact, Shane uh, writes this in his book. Uh, she said, what did I say? Did I do something wrong? I was just trying to love on her and she freaked out. I turned to my sister and gently asked an odd question. Have you ever had somebody heartlessly wake you up from a good night's sleep by flipping on the lights? She cry laughed and nodded. What do we do, I continued. Normally, I cower, groaning some incoherent mixture of, no, as in turn off the stinking light, 
and ah, as in I just flew over the handlebars of my bike onto the concrete type of pain. I pull my blankets over my head, trying to erase the fabric-piercing light flooding the room. Why? The light is actually causing me pain. Even if I wanted to, I couldn't open my eyes, at least without seeing things that were blurry or it actually hurting, because I've spent the last eight hours or more in darkness. I am used to the darkness now. It is what is most familiar. So the light only causes me pain, and people are the same way. This is what I think happened to your neighbor. She's used to darkness, not the light of Christ shining in you. Now, I read that story, and I'm like, on one hand, I'm really excited, and on another hand, I get kind of nervous. I'm excited because, man, what a cool example of somebody showing the love of Christ. And sure, it, it made that woman uncomfortable, but it's, it's proof that, yeah, if we're living in Jesus, he shines through us, and that's awesome. But, man, that sentence Shane writes at the end there haunts me. He says, the darkness is what's most familiar. And I just want to ask you this today. Is the darkness the most familiar thing in your life? Because if it is, we need to change that. God, you need to let God change that in you. I know the darkness is comfortable. I know it's accommodating. I know it kind of lets us be who we want to be. But Jesus has called us to step into the light. Uh, There is a species of fish called the Mexican cavefish. In the name, you pretty much know all the basic facts about it, okay? It swims around in a cave, and it's, it's in Mexico, okay? But there is something, right? There, it's very good. That's a good name. So They did a good job naming it. Uh, but there's something you might not know about it. It's that it is actually born without eyes, okay? I mean, it's swimming around in dark caves, so I guess it doesn't really need them. It's born. It's literally born without eyes. So what that means is it'll swim around, and anything that comes close to it, it tries to eat, Okay, I mean, it it doesn't have eyes, it can't see, so whatever it bumps into, it's going to eat. So as a result, this species of fish, they consume a large amount of just garbage and waste and trash because they're in the darkness, they don't even know what they should or shouldn't be consuming. And man, that can be us sometimes, you know, we're in the darkness, we're so used to the darkness, we don't even know what's wrong about us. We don't even know what's sinful about us sometimes. Like we don't even know how we're broken and how we need Jesus to fix us, right? Because we're just, the the darkness is what's familiar. We're so used to it. And that's dangerous, but I have, here's the good news about that. This is a good way to end the passage. In chapter, sorry, in verse seven, it says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin." Okay, God's light, uh, here's what it does, okay? This is my last point. God's light, it reveals and it releases. We, we make a lot about the exposure of light. You know, well, we don't wanna step into the spotlight because it's revealing and it, it draws attention to us and we're uncomfortable, okay? Like, it's almost like we think of the light and the idea of stepping into the light basically just means we're inviting people to shame us, okay? But we also don't talk about the other thing that it does and that's, it, it reveals it reveals the things that are wrong with us and it, re- sorry, it releases us from those sins. God doesn't just reveal what's wrong with us and say, shame on you. God says, no, here, let me take all those, those sins you were burdened by in the darkness. I wanna take those from you. And I, I told the last service this and I told our students this in Sunday school, this might be the, the only thing I really need you to walk away with is this. When God asks you to step into the light, he's not asking you to do that so that he can shame you. God's not asking you to step into the light so he can shame you. God wants to take what you're ashamed of and he wants to take it away from you. He wants to get rid of it. 
Yes, the light does expose, and, and the light might be painful, the light might be uncomfortable, but man, the light is also going to release you from a lot of burdens you should not be carrying. Uh, one more story. So when I was a kid, my dad and my brother and I, we would go camping uh, with, with other men and boys from our church, and one time uh, we went on this late night hike. It was a lot of fun. It was super dark, you know, out there in the woods in the middle of nowhere. And we got back like really late at night, like probably like two or three in the morning from our hike. And I was exhausted, but it was a blast. Before my head even hit the pillow, I was out, okay? And the next morning I woke up and it wasn't until I I stepped out of the darkness, I stepped out of my tent into the light of day that I noticed that all over, I was just covered in ticks, okay? I was just covered in them. And I was like, "Ah, oh my goodness. And listen, it probably would have been nicer to just stay in the darkness and not even see them, right? Like, oh, I don't even want to deal with that. Like, there's something about the light that's alarming. Like, all of a sudden, we're confronted with what's wrong with us, this problem that we have, and we don't like that. But because I stepped into the light, guess what? I knew what I needed to rip out of my skin, okay? And I was glad about that. That's the other side of the light we don't talk about. Yes, it exposes things, absolutely, and it reveals things. And yes, that's uncomfortable. I, I understand that. It's, it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable with other people or with God. But he has called us to walk in his light. And when we step into his light, we're not greeted with shame. We're greeted with love. Jesus says, how can I take this from you? Okay, it says this. It says, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from our sins. Uh, The word there means to purify, uh, and that Greek word actually in other parts of scripture is used meaning to purge, okay? So, So again, that's kind of an uncomfortable word. I mean, yeah, the light might not be comfortable. In fact, it might be a little painful, but Jesus promises us that when we bring our sins and burdens into the light, what he has accomplished is enough to free you from those things, so here's what I want to do. Uh, the band will come back up in just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to offer you an invitation that Dusty started last week. We have this big, awesome light right here. Uh, it's really, really cool. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk off the stage, but I'm going to leave the light on, okay? Uh, and what I would love for you to do, if you are somebody who, who feels like they are keeping certain things in the darkness, or, or maybe you feel like you're somebody who just, in general, you're just kind of living your whole life in darkness, or, or maybe you're somebody who you see the light, but you're not entirely sure you're in the light, I want to encourage you uh, to do something. It, it's really simple. Uh, while we're worshiping, you have the opportunity to just come up here onto these steps and for a couple seconds just stand under the light. And what that is is a representation of understanding that that you might have a lot of secrets that you're not proud of, but man, if you step into the light of Jesus and you hand those things over to him, he will take them from you. He doesn't just want to reveal your shame. He wants to release you from your shame. I'm going to pray. Dear Father, thank you so much that you are light and you call us to your light. And when we're in light, we can't be in darkness. The two things can't coexist. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much that you call us uh, not just to be embarrassed, not just to be ashamed, uh, not just to be aware of how, how broken we are, but to be released from that brokenness. God, you truly want to restore us. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for calling us into that moment. God, we love you. It's in your name I pray. Amen.